You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, Faithful, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And let's be honest, how great is your week after the 49ers throttled the Patriots? It just adds another element to the Monday hump to get started with the week, whatever else. Um, It just changes things. That's, That's all there is to it. Now, if you are watching live, just want to give a shout out to the Countdown crews. I'm seeing they're turning out freaking awesome. What's up, Nick? Glad to be with you today. But if you're watching live, whether on Periscope or YouTube, then guess what? You see the title. We have a special guest for you. I don't do a lot of guests. Uh, One, just because I'm a routine guy. Um, but trying to figure out like who's a good fit and who's going to benefit our listeners and all that kind of stuff. Well, today we got a big one. Matt Barrows of The Athletic, who's been covering the 49ers for 17 years, is going to stop by and talk with us for about 20 minutes, and he's going to go in-depth in some stuff I've never even heard before. So stay with us on that, but before we get to Matt Barrows, um, I want to talk about just some of the differences, some of the new things, new updates coming through. One, there were a lot of transactions today. Okay, The 49ers uh, basically had six separate transactions Two new 49ers have been brought in, haven't been able to break down any film on them, but they were both added to the practice squad. So um, until they get activated, we kind of have to have a wait-and-see approach. One of them was an offensive lineman. This was a little bit of a shock to me because it's not like we had an injury anywhere, but once we got to who was released from the practice squad, it kind of made sense. Offensive lineman they brought in was Tony Bergstrom. Um, And then also another defensive lineman, Willie Henry, both signed to the practice squad. Now, to make room for those players, 
you have to look at who was released. Four separate players were released um, right off the bat. Cornerback Brian Allen. Um, we knew it was going to come. I was surprised it didn't happen sooner. But we, we all know Brian Allen. He was the one that got torched in the Dolphins game. Um, offensive line, Cody Conway. That made room for Tony Bergstrom. Defensive lineman, Adam Schuler, who the 49ers were really, really high on. Seemed like he was a fit in the system. Uh, don't know what happened there. He had no injury designation whatsoever. They just decided to move on from him. And then Tavon Austin who was on injured reserve, season-ending IR. They came to an injury settlement with him. Um, usually when teams do an injury settlement, it, it's best for both. That means that he's probably getting closer to return because we put Tavon Austin on IR before our initial 53. That meant under no situation could he ever be activated onto the active roster for the 49ers. So what teams do is they come up with basically a compromise. So he gets a little bit less money, but he gets to go and sign with another team, and he could be activated um, on another team. Um, so that's the deal with Taven Austin. Wish him the best. You know, he got injured. He had some promising things going on during training camp, and you have to think with where we were weeks one and two with the injured injuries to all the wide receivers um, – he would have had a shot to play, but the injury kind of took him out of that. Now, the 49ers get just a little bit of cap relief, um, salary cap relief or cash relief. Uh, it's not going to be enough to affect anything. And, and still to update, you know, Everson Griffin was traded today for a six-round pick to the Detroit Lions. Understand this. There is no money. <laughs> if you go to overthecap.com, it shows the 49ers have $3 million space. If you go to um, Spotrack, it shows just under $3 million. David Lombardi came out today and says the 49ers are right at $100,000 cap space. $100,000. That's it for this year. You have to get a player for free. That's all there is to it. So as the trade deadline looms, Unless you have a significant cut, restructuring of a deal, uh, something along those lines. Understand, the 49ers are broke. Broke. B-R-K. Broke. <laughs> they have nothing. Uh, they can't buy a vowel. <laughs> they're, they're out of whatever condition it is you want. So I get it. Yes, we are used to going out and getting these players. I get it. I want those players as well. But you have no money. You are absolutely broke. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. But yeah, I want them as well. I want them as well. Uh, I'm seeing some of the um, I'm seeing some of the comments and it didn't take very long for you guys to come up and just say, you know, why didn't we go get this guy? Yeah, I wanted Everson Griffin too. I tweeted out a couple things. You would have had to attach a player. The Lions got him for a six. The 49ers have two six-round picks now because of the trade with Jordan Willis, which finally went through. We've signed him. He's now eligible to practice and be a part of our team. But you would have had to send a player, a player for player with similar contracts in order for that to work. The Cowboys, um, even though they have a lot of cap room now, they're trying to sign Dak long-term. They're basically already punting on the year. So that's why that didn't happen. Um, kind of take that for what you want. Jordan, what's up, man? Uh, love it. Uh, made it to the countdown crew. First time countdown crew. Welcome, Jordan. Um, we only have about five more days till our next giveaway. So, uh, rack up those hashtag CCs. All you have to do, see you, Tim Ford. Welcome, brother. Um, 
All you have to do is hashtag CC in the first minute and a half of any live video. Uh, we keep track of all those, and we just keep giving stuff away every single month, sometimes twice a month, if I'm in a good mood and uh, Miss Chapman won't notice in the pocketbook. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at. Um, Nick asked this, if you could sign one player at one position, who would you add? Um, again, you have to understand we are completely broke. Now, just looking at everything, the immediate needs that come off the clock are edge rusher, nickel corner, even though, you know, we're getting K1 Williams back likely this week. And, man, if you look at what Jamar Taylor, two interceptions, one of them was great coverage. The other one, he kind of got a fortuitous tip to him, tip drill. But you're kind of feeling a little bit better about nickel. Uh, outside corner, we're doing relatively well. Um, you know, I was really, really worried about center position, but Ronis Grasso seems to have locked that down. But I would say center and edge rusher are the two things that concern me the most that are there. Now, let's go back and let's talk about players who should return. Kwan Williams, Shark, is expected to be back. They announced that last week. Today is the first practice. Practice report hasn't come out yet. Um, any minute now, and if you guys get the practice report out, please let us know. But Kwan Williams is huge. If you look at, if you watch the Seattle game, which you probably did, uh, one, it was hilarious, incredible game, back and forth, um, whatever. Tyler Lockett goes out there and just destroys. Uh, cost me lots of money in fantasy, whatever else, that's okay. I hate the Seahawks. I hate Tyler Lockett. Probably a good guy. Still hate him. Tyler Lockett goes off for three touchdowns and just caught everything. Well, if you look at the past of Tyler Lockett versus Kwan Williams, Kwan Williams is dominating that matchup. Twice last year, basically put the kibosh on. So Kwan Williams coming back this week is huge news. Huge news. Also, staying with the secondary, it is looking like Jimmy Ward and Joukowsky Tart could both, if not one, if not, both could return. Now, this is probably good news. You need the depth there. But, man, again, I, I'm telling you, I want Tarvarius Moore and Joukowsky's Tart to be the starters at safety. Now, there's no doubt in the world, Robert Sala is going to go right back to where he always goes It's stick with Ward. They all love Ward, and I get that. I have no problem with Jimmy Ward. And I see you out there, Gunner. Trade Jimmy Ward in his contract. <laughs> get rid of Pettis and get an edge rusher. I would love to do that. Um, but trading Jimmy Ward's not easy right now. Uh, that contract's not friendly. Nobody is picking up contracts. Nobody is unless they're a contender and they think they're Jimmy Ward away from winning the Super Bowl. Well, let me tell you this. No team is Jimmy Ward away because he's not the biggest um, asset. He's somewhat of a liability because of his contract. Pettis, same thing. Why would anybody want Pettis? Um, edge rushers are a premium. There are a few out there. There's still a little bit of hope. But yeah, I, if there was a way that we could trade Jimmy Ward and allow Tarvarius Moore to start, I would be all for it. Um, I love that dude. Really, really do love that guy. Uh, Khalil Young, could we land Ryan Kerrigan or Alden Smith? Hell no. No way impossible. Ryan Kerrigan's incredible. His contract, no way in hell we could take that. Even if we unloaded Jimmy Ward, we still couldn't get Ryan Kerrigan. Alden Smith is a part of Dallas's future plans and dirt cheap. No way they're letting him go. It, it, even if, let's say, Dallas wanted to let Alden Smith go, you're talking a second or third round pick to get him because, again, he is almost leading the league in sacks. He's playing that well. He's still not that old. Um, all the, they're not going to let him go. And even if they would, I don't think San Francisco is the best place for him. I think a new start... 
wherever he's at's working. I want Alden to stay there, even though I hate the Cowboys, because I want the I want to live in a world where Alden Smith gets it figured out and contributes. Um, I don't think that should be for the 49ers. That's just me personally. Um, all right, let's get to a couple clips here. Um, running backs. We've got a lot of running backs hurt. Raheem Mostert can't play. He's still on IR. Um, just put another running back on IR. Jeff Wilson Jr. After a career day, three touchdowns, comes out, balls out. He's injured. Tevin Coleman's been out for a while as well. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say on Tevin Coleman. I um, hope so. Uh, I'm not sure yet, though. I mean, I know he can't go today. Um, be surprised if he gets out there fully for Wednesday, but I think that'll be a later in the week decision. And we kind of saw this formula with Jeff Wilson last week. It's just rinse and repeat, right? Oh, Jeff Wilson, we'll see. He gets a limited practice in. Oh, well, Jeff Wilson, we'll see. Limited practice. Same thing on Friday. He goes out there and starts and lights the freaking world on fire. Kyle Shanahan is the epitome of Bill Belichick with running backs. So for all you fantasy players out there, you have to understand, you don't know what they're going to do. Three weeks in a row, Jarek McKinnon's the leading touch snap guy in the running back. Then he gets nothing. <laughs> Jeff Wilson steps in, lights the world on fire. Even though we saw Jamichael uh, Hasty look as good as he did, he sat him on the bench until the injury. Then he went in and played incredible. Conventional wisdom says this is hasty time. Should be hasty time. There's no debt. Who would you rather see out there getting more carries? Tevin Coleman, Jamichael Hasty. I, I would bet that's a 95% Jamichael Hasty. That's who we want to see. Uh, the guy has it. Whatever it is, he has it. You know, we finished our full Patreon breakdown this morning, which was over an hour. That guy has it. <laughs> Jamichael Hasty is it. Now, I get he's inexperienced. I get he's a rookie. I don't care. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. Um, anyway, uh, but it looks like the running back rotation is going to be Jamichael Hasty, Jarek McKinnon, and then Tevin Coleman. Who knows? Tevin Coleman might start after not even practicing at all this week. It's kind of who, uh, what's been going on. You know, I brought up the safeties earlier, and Kyle Shanahan was asked this question about Tarvarius Moore and Marcel Harris, and he even's got a pretty cool nickname for him. Um, so here's the head coach talking about his young safeties. I thought they played very well. Um, you know, those guys always come in, fly around, and hit. I call them our goon squad because when they come in, they're just they're 100 miles per hour, and they're trying to run through everything, which is really fun to watch. Um, sometimes when you're like that, you get a little amped up and make some mistakes, and um, those guys limited those yesterday. I mean, they were on their stuff. They were on their reads. Um, they, they never hesitated. Um, they were physical presence out there and didn't leave many holes in the coverage either. Um, and then Tart and Jimmy, I'm hoping they'll both come back this week, but um, they're in the same boat a lot of the other guys are. I mean, uh, we're going to try, but uh, we really won't know until the end of the week. There's just so many spots up in the air. Um, and I think Kyle Shanahan loves it that way because he doesn't want the Seattle Seahawks. He, step back from everything, okay? The 49ers are 4-3. and three. Step back from the schedule. The NFC West is the greatest football in the division in the history of football right now. There's never been uh, past seven weeks in the season, it's happened one time, that all four teams had a 500 or better record. This is it, once, after week seven. That's it. And whenever you look at, you've got, what is it, five and one, five and two, five and two, four and three. It's not even like they're all at four and three. The 49ers, <laughs> they have a 45-point positive point differential. They're dead last place in the NFC West. This division is incredible. Push all that aside. If you circle one matchup, one game 
out of 16 for the 49ers to start the season doesn't matter the situation. This game is it. This game, win at Seattle. Now, COVID, yeah, it complicates things, right? They don't have their fan base there. 49ers are playing great on the road. We're winning every road game out there. This is the game. If you could pick one game for the 49ers to win going into this season, you would say win at Seattle. Win at Seattle. Number two, probably win at Los Angeles, right? Road victories in the division change things. 49ers are two games out of first place. You go beat this team, guess what? One game out of first place, and you still have, you're, you're a week eight. We're at the midway point, man. We still got our bye week coming. We're good. Not where we want to be at four and three. Our expectations are higher because we're a quality football team, even with 19 starters out. This game is huge. Therefore, Kyle Shanahan's not tipping his hand at all. I guarantee you this. We're going to get the least amount of audio clips this week as we will all year because Kyle Shanahan doesn't want Seattle to get anything. And probably the same for the Seattle Seahawks coming the other way, which I don't want to watch a press conference with Pete Carroll. I can't stand people that chew with their mouth open. Uh, that chewing with the gum, good Lord. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. He should have been corrected a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, now this week we've got a lot for you. Um, tomorrow we'll have a couple film clips. We'll talk through the defense, offensive ranks, which I've got a lot of that stuff uh, for you guys. I've been compiling a lot of stuff, which is interesting. A lot of telling news. As again, we're seven weeks in. But what I want to do real quick is I want to thank our sponsor. Then I want to get to Matt, uh, Matt Barrows, because uh, he's got a book out. It's incredible. He's going to go talk through. We're going to talk Joe Staley. We're going to talk Frank Gore. We're going to talk some Kaepernick, Alex Smith stuff. Uh, so much. Uh, it's incredible. This is probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. But before we get to that, I do have to thank our sponsors. My bookie. Here we go. <laughs> Unless you've been living under a rock, you know the NFL and the NBA, they're back. They're in full swing, which can only mean one thing. It's a winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting whenever I'm putting my money on it. And if you've been betting with us, we've been doing very, very well so far this year. So stick with us. Bet on it. Use all the knowledge that we have. And let's be successful. And here's the deal. Right now... They have $100,000, you heard me, $100,000 super contest for only $10 entry. 10 bucks. You can win all that money. They're giving away $5,000 in cash prizes every four weeks. You would be crazy not to jump in there with all your knowledge. $10 to win thousands, sign me up. You too can make up and sign up at my bookie. And here's the deal. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, to claim your 100% deposit match all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means... You put in $100, they're going to give you $100. Rollovers will be included in that, and if you have questions, please call their customer service. They'll help you with that. But the NFL, NBA, MLB, they've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started, and if you've wanted to jump in with us, now's the best time. Head to mybookie.ag, promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your initial deposit. Thanks for the support, MyBookie. All right, so the betting lines have already opened up this week. Uh, the 49ers are three-point dogs. Very similar to last week. We were two-and-a-half-point dogs, underdogs, at the start. Uh, how'd that turn out? Now we're three-point underdogs versus Seattle, and I get it. Uh, their offense is playing out of this world. Uh, their defense also played out of this world. Here's one little thing I found out today. The Seahawks 
Okay, again, I think they're five and one, right? They played six games. They have only forced the team to punt four times this year. Four punts that Seattle's defense has forced four punts in six weeks. This game's going to be weird as hell. Um, it's got the second highest over-under, uh, pointed by oh, 54 points. That, that's what they're seeing. Um, and again, would not be shocked whatsoever if there's going to be overtime. Now, obviously, we're going to have our full scouting report episode. Um, that's that's coming Friday or Saturday. But let's change tunes just a little bit here. And let's jump to Matt Barrow's. Dude's incredible. Writes for The Athletic. 17 years. Uh, your number one beat writer. Here we go. Here's my interview with Matt Barrows that I did yesterday. All right. We've got a special treat for you guys today. With us is a guest, Matt Barrows. You all know him. Um, one of the best. He's covered the 49ers for 17 years now. And as a fan, as somebody that follows the 49ers, you always get the games. You get all the stats. You get the fun stuff. But what would it be like to be a fly on the wall? What would it be like to get all the access behind the scenes? Well, Matt has done that for us. He has an amazing new book out called If These Walls Could Talk. Matt, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. And, and thanks for taking the time to, to talk about this book. Um, it's a, basically a book about the last 20 years of the 49ers. I, I figure that the there's been a lot written about the, the glory years. Uh, these years, uh, glory wouldn't be the, the word I would use. It's uh, been, been up and down. And uh, a lot of people think that we're now in an era where it's going to be up for a while. Uh, certainly not bouncing around, yo-yoing like uh, the team has done to this point. And uh, there seems to be some stability at the top. So uh, I think that's, uh, that's probably one of the big takeaways. That was Joe Staley. Uh, he wrote the forward for this book. That was his takeaway: is that he doesn't seem uh, he doesn't see the, uh, the roller coaster ride happening very much longer because uh, of the two guys in charge of the organization. You know, you bring up Joe in that forward, and one, it, it's incredible. But he talked about how there are two times that Joe Staley ever cried on the football field. Could you walk us through just briefly kind of what that was like, you know, reading that and talking with Joe, as you know him personally, how passionate he is and what it means for those two special instances, and they were special, to kind of bring that out of him, that emotion? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's not how he wrote the forward uh, initially, but I, I remember, I forget when we talked about it, and so I sort of suggested to him, you know, it, it would be really effective if, if you began it this way. There, there were two times that I ever cried on the football field, and, and these are the two. Um, and they were both right after the, the Super Bowl losses. And, and I think that that um, encapsulates uh, just how special these guys felt those teams were. They, I mean, that, there's a big similarity between – the 2011-2012 team and the, and the 2019 team, they both had a, a sense in the locker room um, that they were destined for something special. Um, the guys on both of those teams, and that's why Staley is such an interesting character, really, because he was in both locker rooms. But guys on both of those teams just recognized it at the time that uh, they were going through a unique season, a special season. They really loved their teammates. I think that was a that was a theme. Um, and so when it didn't happen, it, it's just, it's just crushing. You just don't ever, I don't think these guys ever 
foresee that possibility that, wait a second, we could lose this game. Um, it just wasn't happening that way. I mean, in both instances, they were winning so handily, you know, crushing the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs both years, really. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they were on a roll in, in both cases. And so it's sort of just this abrupt ending, like all of a sudden you're walking down the street and the sidewalk ends and there's nothing, there's nothing there. Uh, so, uh, I, I can, I can't relate to it at all, but you can, you can start to see why they're just so crushed after these losses because they don't ever see them losing in these games. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, staying with that first Super Bowl loss, um, later on in the book, whenever you're going through the first Super Bowl loss, you talk about, you're interviewing Joe Staley and, and he says, it was so hard to see Ray Lewis after the game out there dancing and parading around because he was the reason why they were ha- the 49ers were having so much offensive success. And, and talk about just a tale of two wins with the ending because Ray Lewis gets to walk away with all the glory despite the fact being such a major liability uh, for the Ravens during the entire game. Yeah, that was the irony. And the other irony is that Ray Lewis was complaining about the game the entire time for, for years afterward about the, uh, the big delay that happened that he says allowed the 49ers to get back into it. And uh, the 49ers point is that we were, we were running our offense through the middle of the defense because we knew that Ray Lewis was just not able to move laterally like, like he used to. So, yeah, uh, I mean, Ray Lewis had a, a tremendous career. That was not a great game for him. Um, you know, he probably should have called it quits uh, earlier than that. But, you know, more power to him. He, he got away with it and he got an extra Super Bowl ring. I mean, that's just the icing on the, the 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 top of the cake of a of a great career but <laughs> the 49ers definitely cringe when they hear Ray Lewis complaining about the blackout it's it's man it's, it gets me fired up just thinking about it and if there's anybody else besides Joe Staley that is one of the most beloved 49ers of all time uh, Frank Gore who's still playing somehow makes no sense whatsoever and you go into great detail probably one of my favorite chapters of the book where you're talking about Scott McLaughlin and how in the world you go in through the wonder lick of Frank Gore. You go into the two ACLs. You go into the shoulder. You go into all these things. Help us understand. It, it still baffles me how Scott McLaughlin nailed that evaluation with all the empirical evidence that was out there that was saying, stay away. What happened here, and how was he so right when everybody else was so wrong? Yeah, imagine if the 49ers drafted a Frank Gore type in 2021. I mean, people would be going off the walls. Twitter would be on fire. What? A guy with two ACLs and shoulder issues? Don't, don't touch him. Um, but McLuhan had been a, a regional scout for the Seahawks uh, back when Gore was a freshman. So that was the Miami team that, that had McGahee. Um, it had all sorts of talent on that uh, upper class talent too. I mean, these were experienced collegiate players and McLuhan rolls through there as part of his, you know, natural kind of tour through the state of Florida, you know, checking out Florida state, checking out, uh, Gainesville, all of that goes through Miami. And he, he realizes that Gore, this freshman is better than all of these upperclassmen. And of course that, precedes all of the uh the injuries that he had but that always stuck with scott and so um he knew that the injuries were going to lower his his draft value and um he knew you know there, there were other things too you mentioned the wonderlick he had gained weight his senior season he was up around 235 
which to me seems ridiculous for Frank Gore. He's always been 210, 214, maybe at the heaviest since he was with the 49ers. And so that's sort of how I imagine him. But he was kind of fleshy and um, just somebody you wanted to avoid. But the recollection that McLuhan had, and I, I think that's important that, you know, now he's he's not GM at this point. He's VP of personnel, but he's he's in charge of the 49ers personnel department. But the fact that he had been a regional scout, that he had been through all these schools and seen these guys gave him insight that, you know, Frank Gore, when he was healthy, was special. And so if he ever got healthy, we would have, uh, you know, a, a Pro Bowl type of running back. And that's the gamble that he made. He, he, he gave uh, uh, Gore his word that if you're still there at the start of the, the third round, remember, this is 2005. So the 49ers had the first pick in every round. If you're still there, we're going to take you. And, and frankly, Gore was skeptical. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be taken way before then. People are telling me I'm not even going the first. And McLuhan knew with all those uh, blemishes that you, you listed that he wouldn't be taken. And the rest is history. But um, it was, uh, it was uh, kind of sticking to your, um, your gut instinct, I think it was, with McLuhan. And um, he's still he's still running, and, and I think he had 60 yards the other day, which is was isn't huge, but uh, for someone who's been in the league as long as him, that's uh, that's an achievement. And to average four yards to carry with this Jets team, I right? With the Jets, that's incredible. Um, that Frank the Tank man, he lives on forever. Uh, another key transition or a pivotal moment in 49ers history was the transition that happened unexpectedly, Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. Now, nobody wants to ever lose their job to injury, which we're kind of seeing that unfold currently uh, with the new rookie quarterback with the Chargers and Tyrod Taylor. But I never knew that Alex Smith and his wife, Elizabeth, were battling, kind of talking back and forth if he should play the following week after he received a concussion. That was news to me. I had never heard that story. Can you kind of walk us through just a little bit about what was happening on the back end for Alex Smith and his family? Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. There was a lot going on behind the scenes there. Um, you know, uh, Smith got hurt in that Rams game, which which ended in a tie. And then um, he was experiencing symptoms throughout the the next week, which led up to the Chicago Bears game. And, and of course, uh, that was the game, Monday night game, that uh, Colin Kaepernick had his coming out party. Uh, I remember that game thinking that, oh, maybe they'll run Kaepernick a lot, you know, maybe some short passes. And we'd seen him in practice and it wasn't pretty. I mean, he was a guy that would on a little five yard out, just fire the ball at a hundred miles an hour and, and break the receiver's fingers. I mean, he didn't have a lot of nuance to him when we saw him in practice, but in that Bears game, he looked like Dan Fouts. I mean, feathering passes, he looked great. And so the expectation from Smith was that after the Bears game and before the Saints game, a game in New Orleans, he would go through all of his tests and um, would be, you know, reinserted back into the starting lineup. Well, according to this, this is all from Smith. He felt as if the 49ers really dragged their feet on giving him those tests. Remember, it's, it's a process. You have to pass a series of post-concussion tests. And it was all brand new back then, too. This is 2012. Might have been the first year that they were doing that, but his sentiment was that they were doing it on purpose to basically buy themselves another game with Colin Kaepernick and to really kind of give Kaepernick another chance to 
prove whether he should be the starter. Well, the, the 49ers won that game too, and the rest of his history, he never got his job back. But to answer your question, yeah, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes discussion between Alex and his wife about whether he should push it. I mean, his eyes were wide open in all of this. He knew that uh, Harbaugh had, had picked Kaepernick in the second round. This was the hand-picked quarterback in 2011, um, and he didn't want to give Kaepernick the, the toehold. He didn't want to give Harbaugh and the 49ers the toehold to, you know, allow them to displace him and put Kaepernick in. Because he was but, playing amazing. He was playing elite at that yeah, time. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I forget what the stats were in that Rams game. I'm not sure he had a, an incompletion in that game. And if he did, he only had one. Uh, so he, he wasn't giving them an excuse to take him out, which was his whole point. He wanted to prove to them that he could be the starter. And again, going back to our first conversation, they knew that that team was special. Um, and, and Joe Staley has said that they were going to go to the Super Bowl no matter who was there uh, at quarterback. And Smith obviously wanted to be the guy. He didn't want to give them an excuse to take him out. And unfortunately, the uh, the concussion provided exactly that. And, and, I, and I should say that uh, Smith and, and Staley are close friends, really good friends. And so I, I asked Staley, I mean, are you sort of resentful that uh, this happened to your buddy? And he, he was frank in saying, yeah, they, they use that concussion as an excuse, but I don't hold it against Colin Kaepernick at all. I mean, Colin Kaepernick came in, um, they gave him a, a chance to be the, the starter, and, and he ran with it, literally ran with it, and, and took them to the Super Bowl. So um, I, don't want it, I don't want it to sound like there's any – uh, there was any cap versus Alex issues. Again, that goes back to how healthy that that locker room was. There wasn't any of that. I think a lot of guys were disappointed that their buddy Smith, the guy that they had kind of come into the league with, uh, didn't get his chance, never got his chance with the 49ers. But uh, again, there was no resentment towards Kaepernick. Yeah. And again, Alex Smith still going. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's going to win comeback player of the year, but he should. Uh, you go back and you see what that he's been through. And you can even talk about his time with the Chiefs, uh, training homes. Just what an amazing uh, human and teammate and quarterback in the league. Now, let's jump quickly to today's team a little bit more. Um, you have a chapter that is titled, and I think it's great, The Joker, Jimmy G, and a Revamped D. The, the rhyming hits home with me, by the way. But a two-part question. Uh, the Joker, obviously, is George Kittle. Right. I, going back through the, you know, we spend a lot of time with the 49ers Rush podcast on the draft. I had never heard, and this is kind of problem with draft uh, GMs that stay at home and watch film. You don't get the backstory on a lot of these players. I never knew he was labeled as a frat boy, party guy, and football wasn't one of his, uh, the, the question of if he was going to be about football for George Kittle. That's news to me. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it goes to his personality, and you can probably recognize it in just how gregarious <laughs> he is. He, it's almost like, uh, a, a, I don't want to compare humans to animals, but he is sort of like a, like a, a black lab or a, a retriever, and just full of energy and sort of doesn't know how to focus that energy. Uh, but when you get him in the right hands, like, a, you know, a hunter or, you know, a bomb-sniffing dog and kind of hone that energy to one end it's all going to one purpose so I think that was part of the issue early on at Iowa he was he was a bit of a, a social butterfly um, he was partying and and he was uh, 
you know, according to the coaches, not really focusing in on being a tight end. The other part of George Kittle is that he was a late bloomer. I mean, he's like a, a skeleton when, when he arrives there. They weren't sure whether he's a, uh, a tall right wide receiver or a tight end. Uh, and even I remember talking to John Lynch about that coming in as uh, as a rookie in 2017. I don't know what he weighed. It was sub 245, though. And so uh, the point is, is that the George Kittle that we see today isn't physically the George Kittle who we just saw, you know, we're, we're seeing three years ago. So, you know, the 49ers made, you know, John Lynch is, is, is open in saying this, <laughs> is that, you know, they, they love George Kittle and they love that they got him in the fifth round, but he was a fifth round pick. So it's not like they knew exactly what was coming. Uh, so George Kittle uh, has sort of become the George Kittle that we know only recently. Um, and, and that's why he fell to the fifth round. And man, I, I know you've been with the 49ers for 17 years now, but I can, you know, I, I tried taking a step back and look at, I can't think of a team in the NFL in recent memory where the tight end is kind of not only the face of the franchise and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo's there, but where they're kind of the chief piece on offense or defense that kind of characterizes the entire team uh, we've had vernon davis dwight clark obviously but they were kind of surpassed by other players that were on the roster joe montana all that stuff can you think of any other team because uh, it's right i'm racking my brain i can't think of any other team that's even close to having a tight end as their face of the franchise yeah i mean um i don't know if mike Ditka was that with the with the bears i mean you you would have to go back a long time um but that's it's exactly what this is becoming um, and this isn't in the book. This is only something that has sort of come to me in recent weeks. But, um, you know, I wrote, wrote that chapter about uh, Justin Smith lighting all of uh, Joe Staley's furniture on fire. Well, back then, that, was, that, that became Justin Smith's locker room for, for years and years. From 2008 until he retired in 2015, um, Justin Smith ran that locker room. He ran the weight room. He ran the locker room. He ran the social club. All of that was, was Justin Smith. When he left, that, it went to Joe Staley. He became the guy uh, in that locker room. And, and the, the, the disposition of the locker room changed uh, you know, with the two personalities. Um, Staley's a little bit, um, isn't quite as rough and tumble, I should say, as, as uh, Justin Smith was. But now that Staley's gone, there's sort of this, this opening. And the guy who's filling it is, is George Kittle. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. And, and I think that's, that's really good because, like what we said before, I mean, he's just full of energy. Um, he loves people. Uh, he's a great teammate. And, and he's smart. He's intelligent. And, um, you know, that's what you need. You need all of those things in order to be the guy. And so he just signed a, a lucrative long-term deal. Um, again, I think that's why that's a good reason why this team is going to have stability. I mean, you never know with injuries, anything like that, but, um, you know, the fact that George Kittle is signed for the long term, that he's, he's kind of taking hold. He's not running from the fact that this team needs a, a locker room leader. I think, I think that's all is excellent and, uh, I'm really happy for him. And I think it, it means good things for this team for years to come. I love it. And, you know, before we let you go, I got to get you one question real quick off of the book. Let's say hypothetically you had to write an extra chapter based on the 2020 season. 
what would be that one topic that you feel like just has to be talked about? I feel like there's a lot with injuries and whatever else. I hate to put you on the spot like this. But what do you think has been the overarching theme of through seven weeks, you know, um, in the 2020 season? What would stand out to you? Yeah, it's just what I was talking about. It's sort of, um, you know, this idea that, okay, we just came off the Super Bowl. We're, we know we're a very good team, but the the tenor, the each season has its own theme. And so you can't expect just to kind of roll out of 2019 and uh, and take off with 2020. I mean, it, it, it changed. I mean, uh, the personalities, I mean, losing Joe Staley was, was a big deal for this team. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, with, uh, with Trent Williams coming in with uh, a new right guard, they've had, uh, uh, you know, uh, several guys play center. It, it's all about sort of figuring out who you are and figuring out what that identity is. And I think the 49ers, we, we've seen this happening in the last couple of weeks. They, they did figure it out. Um, and they might need to send, send Brian Flores and the, and the Dolphins a, a thank you card because it really was a bucket of cold water to the face of this team. And, and they got their you-know-what together uh, right after that. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be hard with all these injuries for sure. It's not as talented a team as it was last year. But yeah, there's also something to be said about that. You, you, you figure out how to win and figure out how to win – aside from talent. And uh, I think the 49ers have learned how to do that. And they're kind of learning what their calling card is. Uh, and it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I've been saying for weeks that if, if they just come out of this bye week five and five, and then maybe Mostert comes back and Jeff Wilson comes back and uh, Jordan Reed comes back, uh, Ben Garland comes back. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a nice little shot in the arm to a team that's already kind of proven to itself that it can win without those guys, uh, they're the team all of a sudden that you don't want to face in, in the month of December. I love it. I love it. Um, with us is Matt Barrows. You can follow him on Twitter, which you probably already do, at Matt Barrows. Um, and he just put out the book, which you've got to go get. This is a must for any 49ers fan out there. It's titled, If These Walls Could Talk. It is available at triumphbooks.com. I'm going to put a link in the video and the podcast where you can just click there and go there. It's incredible. Um, I knocked it out in two days because it was so good. I couldn't put it down. This is a must. And also he writes for The Athletic, which uh, love your written work over there as well, Matt. Just want to say thank you for your time, uh, not only today, but for the book, because uh, it's incredible and it changed the way I saw a lot of my favorite 49ers over the... Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time, so just want to say thanks, Matt. Well, John, thank you so much for having me on, and, and thanks for all the great questions. Uh, obviously, you did read it very carefully, so uh, uh, I thank you for, for doing that. Yes, sir. All right, man, that was really cool. Uh, I, I'm such a nerd. You know, obviously, I was there for the interview yesterday, uh, but, man, just listening to that again as I edited it and listening to it again now, uh, just incredible. Uh, we are a part of a rich franchise. You know, I have friends that belong to other teams. They don't have, <laughs> they have to look up to Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> and I'm not trying to throw shade on Vinny, but the just huge amounts of personalities and stars and Hall of Famers and all the things that the 49ers have, we're spoiled. We're so spoiled a four and three year is a down year. We understand that, right? Like, nobody's happy with where the 49ers are. We feel like we're still in a hole. But whenever you step back and look at things, most teams don't go through this. Most teams don't do this. Even some of the proud, look at the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have two playoff wins in about 30 years. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't know. But man, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Leave some feedback. Uh, now these take a lot of work to set up and you get going. But man, I'm all about promoting the best 49ers content out there, period. That's just what I am. It's not about me. It's about the content. And go buy that freaking book. Go buy the book. Uh, post. Tag uh, Matt Barrows on Twitter and tell him thanks for showing up because it's incredible. We support our own. That's who we are. Um, go do that. But I want to say thank you guys for all the support. Hit that like button. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, please hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, join the countdown crew. And again, we're still doing your rate, uh, leave the five-star rating on iTunes and leave your story with how you became part of the faithful. We're going to continue sharing those. Those have just been incredible. We'll be back tomorrow. Patreon video, all defensive breakdown will be in the morning. Uh, we did the offensive one this morning. If you haven't joined us on Patreon, patreon.com. 49ers Rush Podcast, it's 8 bucks a month. Uh, you get every single play that there is. Uh, it, it, it's a bargain, I'll tell you that. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much for all the support. And until then, stay strong, faithful.